Welcome to this series of Bible lessons on the New Testament. In these 42 lessons, we will teach the history of the Lord Jesus as delivered to us in the four Gospels. We will start with the days that led up to Christ's humble birth in Bethlehem. We will then look at his blessed ministry, his suffering, his death, and resurrection. His humble life on earth concludes with his ascension, and after this, the blessed outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we will teach the calling and ministry of the greatest evangelist that ever lived, Paul the Apostle. These last lessons are taught from the book of Acts and include Paul's missionary journeys. Be sure to use the lesson guide with questions and knowledge exercises presented with these lectures. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. In Lesson 39 of our Bible study on the life and the ministry of Christ, we wish to focus on Paul's third missionary journey. And we want to see this in three parts again. First, Paul at Ephesus, which you may find in Acts 18, verse 23, through chapter 19, verse 20. Then in part two, Diana of the Ephesians, which we find in Acts 19, verse 21 through 41. And then in part three, Paul goes to Jerusalem, which we find in Acts 20. So first, Paul at Ephesus, Acts 18, verse 23 through 19, verse 20. Paul has again decided to begin a third missionary journey, leaving Antioch of Syria and traveling through the various churches that he has visited during his first or his second missionary journeys. And he is going on his way especially to Ephesus, where he had promised in the second missionary journey that he would return to visit them. And so while Paul was gone from Ephesus, a certain Apollos, a man, Jew who was mighty in scripture, had also come to Ephesus and had been teaching the people and gathering them together. But although he was mighty in scripture, he was only teaching the baptism of John. And so when Paul now comes to Ephesus and he asks the people that are gathered, the disciples, whether they have received the Holy Ghost, they say, we do not even know about the Holy Ghost. We have never heard anything of the Holy Ghost because we have only been baptized in the baptism of John. Then Paul begins to teach them the gospel as it is according to Jesus Christ, of his suffering and of his death, but also of his resurrection and glorification. Then these disciples desire to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And then Paul lays his hands upon them and blesses them, and they receive the Holy Ghost. 
the Holy Ghost is poured out also upon them. Oh, then we see that this has happened already in Pentecost. This has happened in the house of Cornelius. And here again we see it happen amongst the Ephesians. Oh, then God owns his own work and he blesses it. And so Paul continues to teach uh, the Jews, disputing with them about the gospel uh, for at least uh, three months. But the Jews' hearts are hardened. Uh, they will not believe. And so then Paul turns again to the Gentiles. And he spends two years in Ephesus teaching uh, the Gentiles uh, the way of grace and salvation. And he uh, performs many special miracles. He heals the sick and he casts out the evil spirits. Now, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, who lived in Ephesus. And when they saw what Paul had done, they thought, hey, we would like to try this too. And so they found a man with an evil spirit and they go to him and they say, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Well, the evil spirit in this man uh, turns uh, to them and says, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And then this man who is filled with that evil spirit attacks them and he leaps upon them and these men have to flee uh, naked and wounded. Oh, when uh, the people of Ephesus hear this, then fear falls on them, and many uh, believe in the name of Jesus Christ. His name is magnified. And then, many of those who believed, they brought their books, books of curious arts, books of superstition, and they throw them all on a pile, and they burn them. Or oh, when they later reckon the value of these books, then it is about 50,000 pieces of silver. Oh, what a fruit of repentance to take our books that are of this world and to burn them. And so the word of God grew and spread, not only in Ephesus, but also through Europe. Now, my question in closing this part is, how many of us would burn our worldly books or music? No, not give it to someone else and poison them, but burn them, because that is all of Satan. And if we turn our hearts unto the Lord, then we no longer want those books or that music. And that leads us to part two of this lesson. Diana of the Ephesians in Acts 19, verse 21 through 41. Because as the word of God spread throughout Ephesus and Asia, we see that the believers no longer bought the little shrines or idols of Diana of the Ephesians, the goddess of the Ephesians. And then uh, the craftsmen who made uh, those shrines or idols, uh, they uh, became concerned. And so we see that Demetrius, one of the silversmiths,
who made his living by making these little idols or shrines. He called together the other craftsmen, and he says to them, This craft, making of these shrines, this is our living, this is our livelihood, this is how we earn our money. But, he says, now look, throughout Ephesus and all of Asia, Paul has been turning the people away from Diana, as so that they no longer will buy our idols or our shrines. Because Paul has taught them that they are no gods which are made by hand. And so, he says, our livelihood is at stake. Our craft is in danger. But, he says, also the temple of Diana will be despised because these disciples of Paul will no longer visit the temple of Diana. Oh, then these craftsmen, these silversmiths, they are full of wrath and they begin to cry out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And as they continue to cry, the whole city comes into confusion. And they continue, all beginning to cry out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Oh, when Paul hears this, oh, he has a desire to go and to try uh, to teach these people. But his disciples tell him, No, Paul, that is too dangerous. Uh, we must stay away from there. And then it is the town clerk who comes and he settles these people down. And then he, he begins to accuse them and to question them. And he says, O ye men of Ephesus, we all know uh, that uh, the goddess Diana is great and we all worship her. But why are you acting so foolish? Why are you causing such an uproar and disturbance? He says, we are in danger of being questioned by the Romans, and we have no excuse for this uproar. But, he says, if Demetrius and the craftsmen have a case, a concern, or matter, they should take it uh, to the deputies, and then the deputies can call an assembly, and they can determine this in a lawful way. And then he dismisses the crowds, and Paul leaves Ephesus, which we see in part three, where we look at Paul going to Jerusalem, as it is in Acts 20. So after this uproar, Paul decides to visit more churches as he goes towards Jerusalem. He has a desire yet to go to Jerusalem, and someday to Rome. But now when Paul comes to Troas, then the Christians are gathered together on the first day of the week. Notice the Lord's Day. So they are already practicing the gathering together on the first day of the week for the preaching of the word and for the breaking of the bread, or we would say the Lord's Supper. And so they take Paul into uh, an upper room, and there they gather together, and Paul uh, preaches for them. <clears throat> now, it is a long sermon, 
because Paul preaches until midnight, uh, because he is uh, visiting them for the last time. He will be leaving them. But in that upper room there was also a young man, Eutychus, and he had gone to sit in a window uh, to listen to Paul. But he fell asleep, and as he slept, he fell out of that window and from the upper room. So when he landed, they all thought uh, that he was dead. But Paul went down to him, and Paul bent over him, bowed over him, and Paul said, He is well. He is alive again. Do not be troubled. <clears throat> and then Paul left Troas the next morning, uh, going uh, towards Jerusalem uh, so that he may be there before Pentecost. But uh, then Paul still has a desire uh, to meet with the elders of Ephesus. And so he calls them uh, together. And he reminds those elders of Ephesus of all the work that he has done in these uh, three years in Ephesus. How he has uh, not uh, spared anyone and how he has brought faithfully uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he tells them that he is going to Jerusalem, but he is heavy at heart uh, because he does not know what will happen, but he does know that they will not see him anymore. He does know that bonds and afflictions are awaiting him in Jerusalem. But he says, I am willing to finish the course with joy uh, to serve my God, my King, my Master. And so he yet warns them. Uh, he says, Beware, take heed that ye serve the church, that you feed the church of God, that you instruct them. Because he says, When I leave, Oh, then, grievous wolves will enter in to destroy the flock. He says, false teachers and false prophets will come, and they will bring false doctrines seeking uh, to destroy that which has been built, seeking to lead them astray. And then he commends them uh, to the grace of God. And he kneels down with them and he prays one more time uh, that uh, the Lord may watch over them, that the Lord may yet build his church. And the disciples of Ephesus, the elders, wept because uh, they believed what Paul had said. They would not see his face anymore. And then Paul leaves on his way to Jerusalem. We conclude our lesson with a warning, instruction. We must always use scripture to prove that Jesus is Christ. We see this throughout the ministry of Paul, wherever he went, that he taught the scriptures and that God used those scriptures and applied them by the power of his spirit. And so we must not base our faith on experiences of ourselves or of others, but we must always remember that God works with word 
and spirit uh, to convert sinners and to build his church that his name may be glorified. Thank you.